0: We're talking baseball and football. Our special guest on the Seacoast Sports Forum is Roger Brown. Roger has two, not one, but two websites that have a lot of information pertinent to what's going on here in the uh, Granite State. First off, we'll talk about New Hampshire Football Report and also New Hampshire Hardball, both.coms. Uh, let's, Roger, first off, welcome aboard uh, and let's kick it off with the football. Hunter long. That was what we were discussing in our last episode. And we got to uh, talk with Hunter and he is officially a member of the Miami dolphins. What was your take on the draft and, and what's happened with Hunter?
1: Well, good to be here. Sherm. Um I think Hunter went just about where most people expected. Uh, third round was what I was hearing uh, from people that you respect that cover the NFL. Um, you know, I guess one good thing is I'm glad that he's he's uh, if he's not a Patriot, uh, at least you know he's in the same um, division, so the Patriot fans can see him, you know, a little more often. Um, I know Miami has a lot of tight ends on their roster, but I think some of them are, you know, this will be the last year they're they're due big money, so it seems like a good fit. And of course, Miami's coach Brian uh, Brian Flores, that is. Um, he coached Hunter in the senior bowl this year. I'm not sure a lot of people know that, but the Dolphins staff coached one of those teams. You know, it's basically a college, uh, all-star game for players that are going to be in the draft. So Flora has got to know him a little bit there as well as the other Miami coaches. And then he was also the only NFL head coach that attended, uh, Boston college's pro day to watch Hunter perform. So I guess if you did a little research, uh, Miami made sense for him.
0: And now Tua uh, Tagliavola, uh being a, a second year quarterback and, and last year was kind of a disappointing season for him. So he's got something to show at the QB position. And if you give him a, another tool in the toolbox, like a Hunter long, that should work in Hunter's favor, right?
1: I would think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Tua didn't seem to throw the ball downfield all that much last year. Uh, I don't know. You know, he was coming off that injury uh, from college. So maybe that was a part of it, but, you know, just like here in new England, people are hoping that the tight ends that uh, the Patriots brought in will help Cam Newton or whoever ends up playing quarterback uh, uh, ignite the offense a little bit more, at least the passing game. So, you know, the more targets you have or good weapons, the, uh, you know the better chance that the quarterbacks got, should have some success throwing the football. So.
0: And, and I got to ask you about uh, the number fifteen draft in the pick. And that, of course, the Patriots went with Mac Jones from Alabama, QB of uh, Alabama. Were you surprised? Uh, were you surprised that Jones lasted that long?
1: Yes, I was surprised he lasted that long. Just again, from what you were, from what you read and what you hear. Um, personally, uh, that's the position I wanted the Patriots to draft. Um, and he's the guy I thought that I wanted them to take, you know, all things considered where they were drafting and whatnot. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be a great quarterback, but at least there's some hope there. And my personal feeling was there was no hope at that position prior to drafting him. You know, at least it gives you, uh, I don't know, it gives you a little bit more interest heading into the season, at least for me. You know, I feel like they're, They're not being held back by the position, perhaps, like they were last year.
0: I was going to say when when he was drafted, I think I think he was a little surprised he wasn't one of those top three quarterbacks that were selected. Especially the, when the third pick came in from San Francisco, and, and he was playing with his uh, phone. And I think he was kind of like they had the camera on him in the back of the of the, of the draft room in the green room. And I think he was kind of disappointed in a way. So you think it'll, it'll give him more incentive since he did go down so far in the draft to, to you know pan out, so to speak.
1: Probably. I mean, he did have quarterbacks drafted in front of him, but you know, it's not like he slipped to the third round and he's still, you know, first half of the draft and um, you know, he fell to a good spot too. I think, you know, he's got probably got a better chance of playing early if he's ready in new England than he would have in Atlanta. So, or uh, San Francisco, um, you know, barring a trade or something. Um, You know, if I was him, I'd be, I'd be very happy.
0: Overall, the draft, uh... Patriots and the league in general were uh, give, give the Patriots draft a grade a through F and then overall, did you see a team that did well and a team that really bombed?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I don't know enough about all the players to be honest, to really uh, throw out a good grade, but you know, uh, Patriots, I'm happy with the positions they selected. Again, I I felt like they needed to get a quarterback who at least has a reasonable chance to uh, push cam and possibly play, you know, I wouldn't have been happy with like a fifth rounder. That was a project. Um, I like the other positions they drafted. The one question mark was the running back they took, which makes me wonder if Sony Michelle is long for new England, Um, you know, defensive tackle from Alabama, good selection. Um, I was, so I was very happy. We'll just have to see how the players pan out of course, but in terms of what positions they drafted, I was, I, I was, happy um you know jacksonville is the obvious choice of the team that did well you know they got the quarterback from clemson and they also picked up his teammate at the end you know so he'll have a little bit of comfort from year one Hmm. and um I, i you know i know a lot of people disagree but i i didn't like what chicago did um not a big fan of justin Fields, so um you know we'll have to see how that pans out but I don't think I'd be all fired up if I was a Bears fan.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, let's move to uh, uh, an event that took place uh, last week. Uh, you were a part of the Joe Yukika Award Ceremony. Uh, and uh, just give people a thumbnail of what, what went down there. Yeah,
1: for people not aware, you know, the Yukika Foundation is basically a group of people who promote football within New Hampshire. Uh, in many different ways and the its signature event is the scholar athlete award awards banquet uh, which was held tuesday they had it outdoors at fisher cat stadium because of covid and whatnot and you know basically to get this award you have to be an elite football player and elite in the classroom as well and uh, you know there's some character issues that go into it um so a lot of coaches think it's, if you get this award, it's, it's the number one award you can get in New Hampshire, you know, better than player of the year and whatnot, because it's not just about football. It's uh, it's an all around award. Um, and there was 40 kids selected this year. Um, some of them from Exeter, some of them from Wiccunit and uh, the banquet couldn't have went better. Sure. It, it, you know, sometimes it's a lengthy banquet, like, you know, People are a little long-winded, but maybe because it was outdoors and the weather was decent, uh, the feedback I got from the coaches, it was great, and, you know, maybe something they should consider doing uh, outdoors moving forward. Um, you know, the governor was there. Sean McDonald was there. Uh, just a good event for New Hampshire football.
0: And do you have any names of any of the local guys or there were recipients?
1: Well, I don't want to name them all because I'll be forgetting some, but I know Spencer Clark and Yuli Ellis – and Ben Serato or among the Exeter kids off the top of my head, and I may pronounce his name wrong, but um David Arruyo, I think it is from Winnetka, who's going to play at St. Anselm. Um you know, he was a, a, one of the Winnetka kids um selected. But if you go to the website, the football report website, all the all the winners are there. Um, or on the Ukeka, Joe Yukika Foundation website. So there's a list. Um but it's a very, you know, it's very difficult award to win.
0: And that's uh, on New Hampshire Football Report?
1: Yeah, yeah, just Google you, Kika, and uh, the, the, the list will come up. Okay,
0: cool. And the other thing I wanted to mention before we go change gears to baseball, um, tryouts, uh, there's a, a NFL-type camp for the kids to get some exposure you were telling me about earlier, before we went on, on air? Yep.
1: Yeah, um, I'm part of a group that puts on um, it's called the New Hampshire Football Showcase, and it's you know, recruiting in New Hampshire is not great. You know, it's something that we have a lot of kids that can play football here in college, maybe not at the top level. So we're trying to help them get a little bit more exposure like other States get. And, uh, so we bring, we have this event they do. It's like an NFL combine, uh, for high school players. And we bring in college coaches from mostly New England, all, all different levels, division two, division three, UNH is there. Um, and they just do these drills and they can talk to the coaches and find out, you know, if there's real interest in them at that particular program or, you know, whatever they might want to learn. And it really is uh, something that's needed here in New Hampshire because we're we're behind a lot of states uh, in terms of recruiting because we're a small state and the football here doesn't produce a lot of division one players. So, um, you know, hopefully the coaches will send their best kids to this event, which is June twelfth at Saint Anselm College,
0: and again they could get more information about that on NewHampshireFootballReport.com, dot Yes, all
1: right, yep, absolutely.
0: Now the Yukika Award ceremony was held at the home of the Fisher Cats. Uh, minor league baseball officially underway. So let's shift gears to New dot uh, Let's start off with the Fisher Cats. What what uh, what have you heard from 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 the team, and uh, what are the expectations this year?
1: Well, it sounds like they you know most of the. Uh, toronto's top prospects are going to be you know i've started the year with new hampshire uh, i think it's i think it's four or five of the top seven prospects in the organization um, and maybe six out of the top 11 something like that so they really stocked the double a team this year like they did a few years ago with vlad guerrero and bo bichette and Bigio and all those guys i'm not saying that this team will be you know as good as that one but there's certainly a lot of uh, future major leaguers on this roster and uh, should be a good team to watch. It's a shortened season.
0: And now that the uh, restrictions for masking and and whatever are starting to calm down a bit, more people, obviously, will be allowed to attend the games, which will be a good thing, especially for the minor league teams that need need as much exposure as they can.
1: Yeah. And revenue, right. They need people in the the ballpark to make things work. Um,
0: Exactly. Exactly. And they, a lot of fun. I know they have a lot of fun uh, events during the year. It, it, last year, obviously, nothing happened. So I'm sure they're they're itching to get some of that, uh, you know, again, participation from the crowds back uh, back at the park up there.
1: Yeah, they do a good job. I mean, I don't know if, you know, all the people out there go to minor league baseball, but it's uh, for the, you know, bang for your buck. You're not getting, you can't find better entertainment. You know, you get the game. There's usually fireworks after the game. Right. Prices are reasonable. And you are seeing players that, you know, you're going to be watching on TV here in a few years, a lot of them. So both on the Fish cats and the other team.
0: Right. For years, a lot of us had to trek up to Portland to see the Sea Dogs, which that was when they were part of the Marlin organization. And now they're affiliated with the Red Sox. So it's kind of cool when they come down here to Manchester from Portland, you're going to see some potential superstars, future superstars for the Red Sox as well. Sure. So it's kind of cool. All right. I want to ask you about what's happening on the state scene, schoolboy style baseball. Uh, Overall, you've seen the weather so far has cooperated. I assume the schedules are are moving along. Yeah, the weather
1: isn't, you know, there's a lot of teams that haven't played a lot of games, and I don't know if it's for COVID reasons. I know some teams, again, have shut it down, uh, you know, because of COVID. Raymond was one just recently that's going to shut down for 10 days. So, um, you know, that there's multiple battles to fight there, weather and other issues, but you know, things are going pretty good, I guess. And, uh, uh, there's some unpredictability out there because just like basketball, you did these regional groups where, you know, particularly not so much in division one, but teams in the lower divisions are playing, uh, lesser or superior competition I guess is the best way to put it you know teams that are either below them or above them in division so it's really tough to figure out who's strong you know there's a lot of teams that have good records but haven't played a rigorous schedule let's say so um you know it's it's difficult to gauge who's what out there but for sure when a you know one of the better teams may probably the best team in the state um Exeter seems to be picking up some momentum here lately. Uh, so Division One is going to be really interesting because there really are a lot of uh, top, top pitchers out there. Uh, even if your team is middle back um, or slightly above that, there's several of those teams that fit in that category that have a pitcher that could probably beat anybody in the tournament. Uh, one, you know, one game. And as we know, they're just drawing names out of a hat to pair you up. So you could get anybody in the round one. Um, so it's going to be a lot of nervous coaches. I think the night before the tournament pairings are released
0: and any, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, any, um, real hot candidates, prospects right now. Like I know the, there's one from Winnicott that gets a lot of press right now.
1: Yeah. Joe Allen, uh, junior is committed to Michigan, you know, very hard thrower. Um, Winnicott kind of really has uh, a ton of talent on that roster. They've been together, most of those kids, for three or four years. But, and this is a good example, they ran into a Pinkerton team the other day where they were just completely dominated by a kid named Lamb Doyle. I think he struck out the first 12 Winnicott kind of batters he faced. Wow. <laughs> struck out 16 in the game, beat them 5-1. to one. So that's baseball, right? You run into a hot pitcher on the other side, and no matter what you have you could be in trouble. Um, so uh, many ways it's going to be a very interesting postseason this year looking forward to that.
0: Now they are they going to be playing uh, up in Manchester at the Fisher Cat Stadium or
1: I, I don't think so. I think it's going to be home sites for everybody and okay. I don't know that that's been officially announced yet, but from okay. what I'm hearing they're not going to go to neutral sites for the playoffs.
0: All right. All right. So like, like we've said in the past, this uh, COVID uh, situation is kind of throwing everybody a curveball. What about the masking thing? I know that was been an issue, but the the rule has been relaxed. So players play without masks or is that optional or how's that going?
1: I don't know if it has been relaxed officially, but teams that I've been watching certainly have relaxed the rule. Um, Okay. You know, I've interviewed a couple of players and again, you know, some people disagree with this, but the players are telling me, yeah, it's tougher to run with these masks on. You know, or if I'm pitching in it's late innings, I'm having a hard time catching my breath. So what I've seen is um, a lot of teams with the masks uh, that look more like chin straps than masks, you know, around <laughs> under their chin. And they, you know, they put them on when they're in the dugout, you know, close together. But when they're in their field, um, you know, not a lot of mask wearing.
0: Well, it uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, as we get into the month of May uh, how the season progresses. And now, what is there a tentative date for the start of playoffs and all that? Is, is that
1: I think Memorial Day they're going to have playing games because uh, everybody makes the tournament this year. Everybody who wants to participate. So, what I'm thinking I don't think it's been announced, but I think Memorial Day is the day they'll have the playing games. They'll get down to 16 teams in each division after that, and then we'll have a normal tournament you know eight four championship game Okay, so give them two weeks and they should be able to get it done still
0: well, i know you're a busy man you're always trying to track down a story whether it's for the union leader or for either of your websites uh again com. if anybody wants to keep going on what's what's happening here in the state uh, whether it's schoolboy or the college level um roger's got it down there and of course you have the content that people can uh, subscribe to as well and then also new hampshirehardball.com that uh, will keep people posted on what's happening whether it's with the fisher cats or the college teams or any of the uh, local kids that are trying to become future collegians
1: (laughs) try to cover as much as we can with the with the baseball scene term there's a lot of new hampshire players out there playing in college you know we have the pro team uh high schools of course and then we'll have summer ball so put as much up there as we can to give the kids, uh, you know, as much publicity as, as one man can do.
0: Busy man. You're a busy man. Two minute drill. Anything you want to throw on the table?
1: Well, no, just, you know, again, back to that Yukika banquet. I just, um, I was just very, uh, encouraged. A lot of people were nervous about having it outside, you know, this year because of COVID last year it was canceled and they wanted to make sure they got one off this year. And I I think it might've been a blessing because, um, you know, the program was shortened up, uh, which a lot of people seem to approve of. And uh, it just was a good experience having it outside. I, you know, I thought it was it went very well and um, might be a good thing for the future for them to uh, to continue to have it outside. I've already been contacted by five five or six head coaches that are hoping we can do that in the future. So um, and it's a great award. It really is a tough award to win. The kids should be super proud if, if they were among the scholar athletes, because Again, you could be the best football player in the state, and that's only you know forty percent of what it takes to get this award. So, um,
0: and, and just something that people want to think about. the students want to think about. You know, Hunter Long made it to the NFL. Now, I know that's a long shot, no pun intended, but it, it's something that I think he said in our interview: if you just put the work to it and 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 the mindset to it, good things can happen. So, you know, these uh, these are potentially future NFLers who knows, you know, you
1: never know. Yep. You're exactly right. Sure. You know, maybe Hunter will inspire some of these kids to work a little harder and uh, get to whatever the next level is for them.
0: put the grant state further on the map of the NFL and, and, and uh, we'll be checking back with you as far as baseball with uh, Cody Morissette. We were trying to track him down to get an interview with him prior to the MLB draft. Uh, uh, he's one of the top prospects. And the only thing on the two minute drill for me was uh, we mentioned your two websites, but I also want to mention the podcast, the Seacoast forum podcast. If people go to the Seacoast sports forum podcast on Apple stitcher spotify google it's out there and all the handy places wherever you get your podcast uh so if people can't catch us on the video version they can catch us on the audio version so and thanks to the folks that have found us and subscribe to us and give us five stars and 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 all the positive comments and feedback that's that's important feedback is always important well that does it on behalf of roger brown our special guest this is sherm chester inviting you to join us for our next edition of the seco sports forum Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seco Sports Forum. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the
1: next edition of the Seco Sports Forum.